Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Hi, I'm Cindy Lauper. My scalp was covered with psoriasis, which could lead to psoriatic arthritis, but Cosentix treats both. Cosentix Secukinumab is prescribed for adults with moderate to severe plaque psoriasis, 300 milligram dose, and adults with active psoriatic arthritis, 150 milligram dose. Don't use if you're allergic to Cosentix. Before starting, get checked for TB. Serious allergic reactions, severe skin reactions that look like eczema, and an increased risk of infections, some fatal, have occurred. Cosentix may lower ability to fight infections, so tell your doctor if you have an infection or symptoms like fevers, sweats, chills, muscle aches, or cough, had a vaccine or plan to, or if IBD symptoms develop or worsen. Learn more at Cosentix.com or 1-844-COSENTIX. Cosentix works for me. Ask your doctor about Cosentix. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. This is the Eastside Liquor Halftime Podcast. Oh, intermission. No, it's halftime. Stop by 9390 Rogers Avenue for the best liquor, beer, and wine deals in the River Valley. Arkansas wins a national championship! Check out Eastside Liquor on Facebook for weekly specials. Say goodbye! Darren McFadden, 80 yards, touchdown! Good morning, Grant. How are you? I'm fine. Howdy, boys. Yo. Uh, got the... Uh, I need to talk to you about Brooks Robinson, Grant. Um, yes. This is, uh, is I don't, I mean, he is one of the greatest professional athletes in the history of the state of Arkansas. Maybe the greatest. Uh, what, did you ever get a chance to watch him, meet him in person? You know, not in person, um, but I watched the 1970 World Series in which he had everyone in the, in the country, even non-baseball fans, talking about the amazing plays he made. I saw Johnny Bench reference one of those last night. You know, he said it was the best five games he ever played, and it happened to be in the World Series when they uh, beat Cincinnati that year. And, of course, he, I mean, 16 consecutive gold gloves. Um, I, I wish the late Jim Bailey were still alive. Phil, did you know Jim Were you when you uh, did yeah. Travelers game? No, I got yeah. to know Jim pretty well. Used to sit used to sit with him at the Travs Christmas parties. Jim was wonderful. Yeah. I mean, you know, rather than have an AP story, it seems amazing to me uh, that that's the case. But he just kind of outlived. He was 86 years old. And, uh, I mean, the 16 consecutive gold gloves is ridiculous. He, uh, I saw where Arenado uh, said last night that he was thrilled to read one time where, where Brooks Robinson praised him as a third baseman. But he was the guy. You know, he was the defensive third baseman. He was the standard. Um and and it's amazing, Phil. The guy was very slow of foot, mm-hmm. one of the slowest base runners, but yet he had that quickness that uh, did him well at third base. I think it was also uh, you just wanted to be a ball player more than anything. You hear that from a lot of people, um, but the truth is, uh, I think when he was seven or eight and they were writing an essay in grade school about what they were going to be when they got older, he he went right with baseball player and stuck with it. And obviously, 
That was, I think he said that was all he could ever think about. And uh, it's got to be one reason he turned himself from, it sounds like, basically like an average athlete into um, a way above average uh, ball player. And playing parts of 23 seasons, which is, uh, you, you know, back when he played, probably more players than not did not go to college. And, and of course, it's the opposite now. And so if a guy uh, gets drafted at 21 or something and maybe can get to the majors at 22 or 23, but uh, Brooks played as an 18-year-old kid, got two hits his first game, <laughs> and then later said he really wasn't ready. But uh, uh, just a... It's interesting. I, one of his relatives, John Robinson, coached. I remember Little Rock Bills in basketball. I played golf with him one time, and he he was tremendously competitive. So if if that was in the genes, you know, Brooks was a, as you said, just an amazingly competitive guy and a great player. Grant, the the Ryder Cup starting this week. Give me give me an update. What what are your thoughts on the Ryder Cup? Well, I hope that Tommy Fleetwood plays with Roy McIlroy, and then you have Fleetwood Mac. There you go. Right? There you go. <laughs> Wait a minute. We got to save that one for Eduardo, the Vuvuzela in Clarksville. He's the he he and Sam Pittman are the, are the Fleetwood Mac fans that are, that are on this show. Not like we have Coach Pittman on. You know, I heard a great quote yesterday that said that Michael Jordan, on um, being the visitor, uh, said, "Own the crowd as quickly as possible." And he he, would, he could be talking about a basketball series, or he, he went to a lot of Ryder Cups just as a golf fan. And uh, was close to the U.S. players, but Matt, I think about your your game when you guys beat Texas thirty-eight to twenty-eight that time in Austin. And it, was that ever something that because you pretty much dominated that day? Was that something that got said in the locker room? Own the crowd as soon as possible. Uh, yeah, it's like a, gl- a gladiator thing right there with Russell Crowe. Um, no, Grant, that game was um, it was definitely one of those games that we jumped out on them early and just kind of ran away and hid. It, it was it was it wasn't it never felt like it was even a, a, it was a ten point victory and it felt like we were up twenty. Yeah, you know, I, I uh, someone said yesterday that that longer when he was captain in '04 uh, had his players go back out. This was in Detroit, and I knew a guy that actually went to a practice round that week, and he talked about how much the European uh, players prepared compared to the Americans. And sure enough, the story uh, yesterday was that uh, all the Americans had gone back to the hotel, and so Longer had a two-hole match in front of 40,000 people in Detroit. This is like early in the week, you know. <laughs> this thing is a – it's really a long week, and you and you have all this stuff before it even starts on Friday. And now there's this uh, all this kerfuffle about Wyndham Clark, you know, saying he's going to take down Roy McIlroy, and then he tried to to backtrack it today. But then in the same uh, press deal, he he said he had a a thing about the team, and he said the the Europe might get tired because they all played last week, and they might be getting tired by Sunday. I mean, you just can't you can't say things like that. I mean, McGinley, the former, um, you know. European Ryder Cup captain who's on TV all the time said they they made a big deal out of making sure you don't provide locker room material. Well, then the so, U.S. obviously needs um, needs Ryan Day as the coach. USA against the world, Grant. That's that's what it's going to be in this case, right? Yeah, poor little Ohio State with all their, <laughs> you know, everybody's against them, right? That was a great finish, man. That was a, the 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 winning touchdown was by what a couple of inches, but it was a good call. 
Grant, after watching this uh, Arkansas-LSU game, what are your, what are your thoughts going in uh, to a and Man, I, I really like what I see out of number two on both sides of the ball. Uh, I thought we looked all right against LSU. What, what are your thoughts on, on us going in, Dale? And, and I think A&M has um, – Johnson's going to be their starting quarterback. Yeah, a couple of things, Matt. I, I think I, I read today that they, Texas A&M allows 20% third down conversions. You know, and and uh, Arkansas what, what went from two out of thirteen to eight out of thirteen. They were very good on third down. Uh, to me, it does come down to a battle between KJ Jefferson and Max Johnson, and who can have a bigger game. And I, I think I would favor uh, KJ in that part of it. You know, and obviously there's a lot of other great athletes out there. But last week, um, LSU's guy was just a little bit better, and you and you, you can go back and. And look at all the things that happen in the game, all the officiating things where uh, they call Arkansas for a 15-yard penalty when their guys pulling the Arkansas down by the face down by the face mask at the same time. <laughs> you know, I didn't even notice that till I watched I watched the replay again on Monday, and I talked to Sam after the you know after the press conference Monday, and uh, he told me a couple of things off the record that I wish I could, could say, but you know, th- th- there's just I think there's this feeling. That Arkansas, whether it's the Auburn game several years ago, you know, that call, or there's just this feeling that you're not going to get the call most of the time. And so if that's a thing and you feel you have to overcome it, then maybe that can galvanize the team. But this week, at least, you've got it's not a true road game. There will be a lot of Arkansas fans there, and uh, you got you got to get them going early and take the other side out. I mean, I think it's understood that, that Arkansas hasn't, I don't think they've gotten as many calls as some of the opponents, but I also see sometimes it's a program that makes the kind of mistakes where those calls or non-calls rise up as, as something that may make you feel like it helped decide at a game. Um, That's right. And, and the penalties fact, are know. that. Not getting plays in on time from the sidelines are exactly that. Uh, missed assignments are, are that kind of thing. I mean, that's the kind of stuff that you really lose games from. And for me, it's... Not necessarily the calls. Uh, I was surprised that they didn't review Haz's catch near the goal line when I saw the replay. I don't think he got in, but I thought it was worth reviewing. And yeah, yeah that, that face in. mask happened it, right it in front of maybe, our booth. You could see it immediately, Grant. Yeah, maybe it was an inch or two short, but it certainly, I thought, at least deserved stopping the game to look at it. And I know they look at it briefly and stuff. But, uh, you know, there were other things about that game, but again, uh, you got to just keep playing. I mean, you got to do is finish your drives. I mean, again, those you can call it mistakes. Mistakes lead to drives that don't get finished. That that end up with a field goal when you should have scored a touchdown. I mean, I remember yeah. that Arkansas. Look at all the problems Arkansas had near the goal line last year. Some of those same problems are creeping up this year too. That's got to get fixed because it kind of started with the A and M game last year. Well, in 70 years of watching this team, the only coach I, I thought that I've ever seen that was great at time management and clock management was Lou Holtz. He was really a stickler for detail. You know, he'd, he'd tell the team, that's my timeout, not yours. And so I asked Sam about that the other day. You know, how much leeway does Jefferson uh, have to call timeout? And he said there are times when he doesn't, but you could, you know, you clap your hands and you see, like, there was a third and 16 the other day, guys, when they ended up using a timeout. And to me, take a five-yard penalty there. It's, what's the difference? It's a five-yard farther field goal, probably, you know, with a great kicker who's going to make it. 
Uh, and then at the end of the game, you really only needed one timeout down there where you could have had at least a minute left if you'd have done that. So, I mean, those are, and they worked on it. They talked about crowd noise. They worked on two minute stuff on Monday. Um, but all those little things, man, add up. Yeah, as, as soon as you can get that next play in, you get it in. As soon as you can get that next personnel in, you get it in. There's there's usually a coach over there that's that's kind of keeping them ready. And the guys know, you know, you 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 got to be ready when your number's called on. Yeah, and it's it's funny because the you know it's all about analytics these days, whether it's baseball or or even golf. Uh, Stacy Lewis did a great job last week. I thought uh, taking an underdog team to be you know, to a tie at least with Europe. And uh, I think about that because I'm getting ready to go up to, to Pinnacle where they're having the women's tournament this week. It's mm-hmm. like it's like it's all golf all the time. You've got the, the Ryder Cup, and even next week there's a big collegiate tournament at the Blessing. So all this golf hits at once. But, uh, you know, take care of the little things. What did I see about uh, Tiger was caddying uh, the other day? Usually For Charlie? For Charlie, yeah, yeah. How yeah. good of a golfer is Charlie? Well, he shot sixty six seventy one to win at age fourteen fifteen. So I think he's going to be a really good player, you know. And the the interesting thing about that was Tiger had caddied for Charlie earlier this year, but out of a golf cart, and he walked this time. Mm. So I think mm-hmm. at the very least they'll play that father son thing this year, and and Tiger may even be able to play another thing or two. Um, you know, heading into next year. So I hope that means his, his leg is better. Baseball playoffs start next Tuesday, Grant. Um, it's been a, been an interesting regular season. Still have some of the slots to figure out. Um, I've decided I'm in a route for Baltimore in this postseason. Uh, for Heston Kerstad, although I don't think he's eligible. Uh, but for, for Brooks Robinson. And I, just, I love, I like Baltimore as a baseball city. You know, I mean, uh, that's that's where the original Yankees played. They were the Baltimore Orioles and moved to New York, and they didn't get Major League Baseball there again until the 50s when the Browns moved in. It's a great franchise. We just kind of forget because they've not been great mostly for the last 30, 35, 40 years. It's a great baseball suit. I've seen one game in, the, in what I call the new ballpark, you know, and uh, that was I was really surprised because the Yankees were playing, and there were only 15,000 fans there that night. I could have got a lot cheaper tickets if I'd have waited, but, uh, you know, it's, a, it's a, a lot of tradition. You talk about Brooks Robinson and, of course, Cal Ripken Jr. and the amazing record. Uh, there are a lot of things about baseball right now going on Phil I don't know you know Freddie Freeman has 58 doubles this year mm-hmm. and I think 60 would be a maybe it's been done once but you, maybe you probably know more than I do about that but that's a that's a pretty good number for a season and um, you know Wayne I saw a Rainwright's not going to pitch anymore I do think that he'll probably DH one of the games this weekend I think there's been some some talk about that uh, I think he'll participate in some way on um, this weekend against Cincinnati. Although they're still one of the teams that mathematically has a chance today. There are 10 teams in the National League and seven in the American League that mathematically could still get there. So I'm sure baseball's happy about that. I love that. Mathematically eliminated, but really emotionally eliminated. I love the idea of Wainwright not pitching again because he was so good. That last one for number 200. You know, go out like that. Don't go out like he was like he was pitching for most of the two months before. Yeah, and he, and he said afterwards that he pretty much was held together with bailing wire this year. You know, I think the shoulder and different things. But uh, that, yeah, that was a good one to go out on. 
The Arlington Resort Hotel and Spa has everything you want for your next getaway. With the luxury and hospitality of a grand old southern hotel, the accommodations are sure to please everyone. Visit our thermal water bathhouse for mineral water baths and massages or enjoy one of our many dining options, like our Friday night seafood buffet, primetime in a fountain room every Saturday night, or our award-winning Sunday brunch. Located in downtown Hot Springs, the Arlington is steps away from shopping, entertainment, bathhouse row, and the hiking and biking trails of the National Park. Visit ArlingtonHotel.com for more info. Passion is something that exists in all of us. I know we got a lot of passionate Hog fans listening right now. And I know that all of you love football season. Dave Bushkill and his team over at Eastside Liquor are the exact same way. They can take care of all your tailgating and party needs. Whether it's just a few beers or alcohol in bulk. Stop by 9390 Rogers Avenue in Fort Smith to check off every item on your list. Eastside Liquor, your number one stop for Arkansas football this season. Get some some texters on the McClarty Daniel hotline that uh, had never heard Brian before. And like, that guy sounds like a Texas homer. Oh, yeah? He's been calling in for like five months doing exactly that. We also bring on the Hall of Famer and the one and only Clay Henry, who's uh, joined us for the remainder of the show. Um, I'm not a Texas homer. I know you'd be the opposite of that. And we'll give you more than like 10 (laughs) seconds to talk to. I'm the Antichrist. (laughs) First Texas. I think that's how you might view the Longhorns as well. Um, I haven't watched enough Texas. And truthfully, I haven't watched the Longhorns at all. I know Catalan's played well, but we had somebody text in. uh, Nathan texted in. He says Catalan's only been in for 35% of Texas defensive snaps. So. I guess you've got Nathan. Maybe you've got your uh, your pro football focus membership going. So I guess he he's hasn't a role as player. Much as I thought. Yeah, he's, he's and I love me some Jalen Catalan. Good player, understands the game. Very brittle body. He uh, his uh, you know, will he be able to hold up in the NFL? I'm not sure. Did not hold up at Arkansas. What have you thought? Uh, I mean, you got two hours to get into this uh, the Arkansas A and M game and. Take sure. a look back at LSU. Um, but what have you thought of safety, uh, the safety position for the Razorbacks so far this year? Okay, yeah, they're 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 not, you know, they're not going to be all SEC or anything like that. But so far, they have made the plays that they can. They're, they're uh, Hudson Clark lacks a little speed, but he is uh, he makes up for it by never making a wrong step. Uh, he, he makes he does make plays. Um, I think that they uh, they play the ball in the air real well, and um, you know it's it's uh, they have not had what I would call major busts. Mm-hmm. You know they they have uh, you know while playing the run, sometimes they've left their corners exposed. But that's the nature of when you put safeties in the box. You know as far as run fits, and uh, I. I like what they do defensively. They, they you know, they cannot, uh, the same as offense, they cannot make penalties. You know, the, the great Arkansas teams have limited penalties and forced some turnovers. And when they force turnovers and limit penalties, they'll get enough stops to allow their offense to, to win games. Clay, I, I did want to ask you something that was kind of been a hot topic uh, about, and and I think you know how I feel and how Phil feels about social media. Uh, <laughs> you got to know I, how I feel, right? You? I just wanted to get your thoughts on the head the head ball coach and and kind of the 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 situation. Maybe you can make it more clear for me. Hey, when you know it's uh, if uh, if 
you can make Twitter something positive and you can use it to your benefit. I'm all for it. Uh, but when it becomes a negative, then you need to walk away from it. And whether it's players, and I, Tony Brewer told me something interesting four or five years ago, and I, I, I didn't even know this had happened. Um, he had a player that he trained in his performance center in uh, North Dallas. And I think he's mainly into roofing now, but that uh, had gone to uh, Washington State and played for Mike Leach. And they lost a couple of games. And when the players showed up uh, Sunday morning for their team meeting to, to go over a film, he had a big basket, kind of a trash basket, a woven basket in the front of the room. And as the players came in, he says, put your phone right there, put your phone right there, put your phone. And he collected all of the cell phones for three weeks. And the, the point of that was to eliminate the distractions of social media. And... You know, the players were frustrated because of the way they're being attacked by fans. And uh, he's just like, hey, we're, we're just going to we're gonna walk away from that for a while. And I think, Sam, uh, you know, when, when you're having to counsel your players because of social media, uh, then it's time to walk away from it. And there, there are late teenagers, college students that have nothing to do with 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 college athletics that have to, that need counseling because of social media too. Lots of teenagers that are in high school that that need counseling or therapy because exactly. of the experiences that they've had on social media. This has nothing to do with softness. This has nothing to do about the real world is a really difficult place. This has everything to do about trying to help. This group of people, this younger group of people that are growing up in a completely different world than we grew up in, where criticism comes at them even when it's not critical of them. You know, you get these, you get social media and influencers provide this, this fake world which looks perfect and everybody looks happy, but we know that's not what life is like. And life personally feels different than it does, you know, to the people that are all shiny and happy on social media. This isn't just about football. This is about the time of life that these people are in their lives and and the tools that are at their behest that are necessary, I think, to actually live an emotionally healthy life moving forward. And if you're one of the people listening that thinks that emotional health is a weak thought, you need to go somewhere else. You need to go find another reality because that's not the reality that these kids are growing up inside. Maybe that's where you're from. It's not where they're from. Well, so it's, you know, there's a lot of ways that people try to escape from their problems. Social media is one of them. It's a, you know, pastime to keep their mind, you know, off the things that are bothering them, whether it be family, whether it be their job or whatever. And they, they live, you know, people live vicariously through these athletes. And when they disappoint them, then it's real easy for them to just, and I, I'm going to insert words here that they, you know, I, I don't, I don't get any tweets. I don't get any social media. I do have people that have somehow have gotten my phone and send nasty texts. And I've had, when my phone was publicly listed, I don't have a home phone anymore, but I, I got calls, people that, that, railed on me and started it off with profanity and and my wife answered the phone and she got it in other words they thought i would answer and they immediately just start. and so i know that that can happen but when somebody sends a tweet says you suck go die then there's a problem and you know that's 
that's fans that sometimes have lost a bet. I mean, you know, it's although they covered. I don't know what you know what that would be, but you know, maybe they, you know, maybe they didn't cover against BYU or Kent State. I don't know what the lines were, but it, it's it happens, and so uh, it's uh, and it, if it comes in mass, it can come by the you know by the thousands. No, you know, if you've ever gotten a text by the thousands, and you know what what I'm talking about, Matt, you didn't really have to deal with that when you played. It wasn't there, right? Well, yeah, there. I mean, there's there's negativity. You had the message boards, Did you get and, letters. And stuff. Uh, you had, um, like, like you said, they're able to get your phone number. I mean, if they they there's ne- the the only thing I I. I I just turn it out to like what you say. You just kind of turn it off and don't mess with it, and you keep the people that mean something to you close to you, and you worry about what they say. Yeah, I, I got a someone wrote a letter to the newspaper years ago when I was at the Tulsa World, and um, the publisher of the paper brought me in, and he says, "I want you to read this," and it was just vile. I mean, it was it was you know, and I, I couldn't remember what I had written that would cause that. And very wise man, I was probably 30, and he said, do you know this person? And I said, no, I don't. And he tore it up in my face, and uh, he smoked a pipe, and he had uh, a lighter in the room, and he put the pieces in an ashtray and burned it. And he says, the people that love you, listen to them. The people that don't and you don't respect, flush it. That's easy to, to say and really hard to do. and But that was a wise man that counseled me, and I just remembered any time I got criticism for something I wrote, I had to kind of, you know, was that someone that I love and somebody that, that loves me? You need to listen to those people. When exactly my wife right. speaks, I listen because I, I know that she has my best interest at heart. Clay, I got that advice a long time ago about, you know, <clears throat> take, take, take care from where you accept advice, where you seek out advice. And nobody's ever seeking that out on social media, but people are always going to be free with those opinions about what you should do on social media. I got a guy right now on Twitter that's telling me we shouldn't be talking about anything involving this because Derek in the, you know, two years ago said something about Michael Turner, that everybody on the station, therefore, shouldn't have an opinion about this. It's the most idiotic thing I've ever heard. But then again, it's coming from somebody, when you look down his timeline, I don't care what he thinks. Exactly. I don't care what his opinion is. I mean, you can tweet at me all you want. I'm not going to block you, but I will make fun of you because you deserve well, it. They're, 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 they, they don't have to worry what I think about Twitter because it doesn't exist on my phone. And he's listening to the show right now, too, so he obviously worries about what it is we think. Let's go to Charlie here <laughs> on, uh, on the McClarty Daniel I do hotline. like you, Phil. Hi, Charlie. I like you. I'll listen to what you've got to say. By the way, the number is 877-377-6963. That's the McClarty Daniel hotline. It's a phone call. Go for it. <laughs> I love you guys, too, man. I, I, I love you I some, Tuna. I love you some. Okay, I'll, I'll take it. I'll take it a little bit. I mean, hey, it's like you're a Hall of Famer. Just a little bit. I'll take it. You know, Phil, uh, if I can add you on Twitter, it probably won't be nothing. It would never be a nothing negative. I think you're, talk- you're touching on it perfectly there. The problem nowadays... Is people are taking it past, you said it, Clay, that you suck part. You're not a good coach. They're saying you suck, go die. Go die, and yeah. That, that, that's the problem. And then also the problem is they're attacking these kids' families. You know, they're getting threats. They're getting, I mean, it's just, it, it's, that's what's well, 
making it go. It's not new, and I and I've sit and talked with Quinn Grovey and Greg Thomas. You know when they were you know the first two black quarterbacks. You know they they got some you know some nasty stuff, and uh, you know I, I I knew John Richardson who was the first black scholarship football player at Arkansas and. Uh, he was handpicked because they knew that he was one tough hombre and that he could handle it. But it, it still doesn't make it right what they what they went through for others. And you know, Jackie Robinson was the same thing. But I, I, I what I really want to make sure that we understand is that um, these players are doing their best. The coaches are doing their best. They're playing the players that they think will win games. Their decisions are the best they can do. Um, it won't be perfect, and there'll be times when you don't like and you second guess them. Second guessing is part of it, but uh, nastiness and vitriol and that kind of stuff and is is should be you know out of the game. It's uh, but it's not. It's, it'll still be there. But I I think Sam's probably got the right idea. Is let's just put the phones away. Absolutely. And, and before I go, I, I just think it's just, you know, it's, you know, these kids, they may get all this money, you know, these they're still human beings. And I think they're young. people, and they're young, these kids are young. They're 18 to 22, some 18 to 23 years old. And then the coaches, whether or not they get paid a lot, they're still human. These famous athletes are and still human. Families. And that's just, and, and it, it's just ridiculous. And, you know, some of these people, you know, I always say, if you got a problem with me, come see so, but you know, most people ain't gonna show up. You know, they're just behind that keyboard. So anyway, that's just my issue. With anyways, Clay, I want to hear your thoughts real quick before I go. I think LSU might be the best offense that we played all year. Um, I just want to hear your thoughts going into this game against A and M. You talk about this being a big game every year. I think this game is so big for our psyche with everything that has happened to the point that. If we win this game, it could really shift the momentum for us. That's just my opinion. Y'all Thanks, Charlie. Yeah, I, I thought. Well, first of all, LSU's defending SEC West champs. Let's let's, and they, they probably going to win it again. A and M can be a catalyst for a great season for Arkansas. The Year of the Sauce continues at Buffalo Wild Wings. Introducing Bullet Bourbon Barbecue Sauce and the return of hot barbecue sauce to the Buffalo Wild Wings Sauce lineup. Try both Bullet Bourbon Barbecue Sauce and Hot Barbecue Sauce for a limited time at your local Buffalo Wild Wings. Visit Buffalo Wild Wings in Little Rock, Sherwood, Bryant, Conway, Jonesboro, and Fort Smith. Buffalo Wild Wings. Wings, sauce, beer, and football. Hey, sports fans, don't let plumbing issues throw you off your game. Pascal Air Plumbing and Electric is here to tackle those pesky drain blockages and ensure your water heater is always in MVP form. With Pascal's world-class service, you can count on a winning play every time. Whether it's a quick drain clear or a water heater touchdown, Pascal's got the expertise to keep your home running smoothly. Stay in the game and leave the plumbing to the pros. Schedule your service online anytime at gopascal.com. Pascal Air Plumbing and Electric. I talked quite a bit about Brooks Robinson in the first hour. Uh, we got into that, and, and you have to. I think you have to. I think all sports talk shows across the country will bring it up. In Arkansas and Baltimore, I think it hits a little bit differently. Um, what, was your, what was your reaction when you, when you learned yesterday that Brooks had passed away? 
just sadness. And, you know, I understand he's had a great life. 86, did so many things, uh, and he's he's been toasted and celebrated. I mean, his you know, the greatest Baltimore Oriole. I mean, I, I mean, there's, you know, Cal Ripken's there, too. I get it. Um, but, uh, you know, he, he was uh, a star when I was playing baseball as a youth. And, and you know, I, I picked up the newspaper and checked his line score. That was back when box scores in newspapers, you know, that was, you, know, you poured over those pages. And, you know, and, 6 a.m. when I'd get up before going to school in the fall and then again in the spring. And, you know, I, I got to hear stories from my dad because he, you know, he got to rub shoulders with Brooks when he'd be back in Little Rock. You know, he'd come back to see his parents. His dad was uh, was a fireman, right? I think that's that's correct. That's correct. Um, grew up in the shadow of Lamar Porterfield. He worked the scoreboard, you know, put the numbers, hung the numbers up in the scoreboard as a youth. You know, it's where I p- played my, you know, Little League, Pony League baseball. Uh, Legion ball was kind of moved to Curran-Conway Field in those days. But uh, it, it just, you know, you just heard stories. You know, I went to Little Rock Central, um, you know, in the late 60s, early 70s when I was there, 10th, 11th, 12th grade. The Orioles were in the World Series. World Series games were daytime in those period no night baseball it was appointment daytime television too correct right? that's how a lot of people really even got the only chance to watch yep. some of these great players the there was motivation from our teachers if your grades were good in the fall i'm talking about start of the, you know september and october uh, if your grades were good you took care of your business they had three big TVs, those big box TVs, on the stage in our auditorium. Great auditorium at Little Rock Central. You know, probably. I think it looks exactly the way it did too when you were a student. Yes. My daughter's a freshman there now. Yeah, three thousand. It would hold. You know, the whole student body could get in there. You had a balcony. They would put three TVs on the stage, and you could check out and go. You know, at one o'clock for the World Series. You could take your books. You could take and get your work done and watch the World Series. And we went, and, you know, most of the, you know, most of the kids would be in there. They'd be 500 to 750 and cheering the Orioles to victory in Brooks Robinson. And, you know, when he would charge a bunt or dive into foul territory, uh, you know, you, you've, you've heard great roars at Razorback games, the roar in that auditorium would give you chills when Brooks Robinson made a play or got a hit. And he did plenty of both in you know on that big stage, the World Series, or the playoffs. We we watched him in there. Um, I knew what he you know what he meant as a Little Rock Central Tiger. I knew he was a great basketball player. Uh, I also knew that you know, front and center, he was FCA, he was, you know, straight arrow, took care of his business, was good to other people, good teammate, everything good that you could imagine Brooks Robinson represented to me. Did I read, and I don't you, you wonder if this kind of stuff is true, um, like he wouldn't watch television because he was worried it might mess up his vision. Uh, <laughs> that, that, that's how obsessed he was focused. He, you have to be you know, to be that good, you know, maybe 
And Rogers Hornsby would do the same thing, but he wouldn't even allow his players when he managed to go to the movies for the same reason. You know, it, it, it seemed when you talk, and I got a chance to talk with Brooks. It was ten months ago uh, on a Zoom interview oh, what a with thrill. him and his brother uh, for the uh, the Firehouse Museum, which they're trying to put together at the same firehouse that Brooks basically grew up near downtown Little Rock, where his father <clears throat> worked for all those years. Um, and he talked about that was the only thing he ever wanted to do in life was just be a baseball player. Now, I think there's a lot of kids that grew up that wanted to do exactly that. But as you get a little older and older and older, uh, it, it can be a little difficult to keep that focus. And he kept that focus. Look, he, he signed at age 18. He was not an automatic Here's your job. It's third base. You're going to be here for the next 28 years. It took him six years to really take over. I mean, he was bouncing back and forth between the minor leagues and the big leagues for six years before he was finally entrenched at that position. Yeah, he he was uh, started off minor league baseball as a second baseman and was, you know, had the great hands and ability to turn the double play. And then someone, one of his minor league managers, got the great idea that he could be a third baseman at the next level and that they needed a third baseman in Baltimore. He, he'd go up at the end of the year, you know, when they expanded the rosters for several years before he stuck. Um, you know, it wasn't just an automatic, but, but gosh, once he got there, I mean, it was, it was consistency and, and great play, and, and it seemed like, you know, the bigger the stage, the better, you know, the better he played. And he hit against the all-time greats, whether it be Koufax, Drysdale, um, and, and it was uh, in big hits, home runs. Um, and, um, you know, he. I think you, you spoke about giving back to Little Rock even late in life. He always, you know, he stayed in the Baltimore area, lived in the suburb, had a sporting goods store, worked for a petroleum company. But he, if he heard that they something was needed in Little Rock, I mean, autographed jerseys would come in. I mean, you know, like fundraisers, stuff at Little Rock Central. There were always, you know, Brooks Robinson memorabilia to raise money. I think he contributed heavily to refurbishment at Lamar Porter Field two different times, you know, late in life. Wanted to make sure that that facility, you know, existed for the youth of, of Little Rock. Um, I got to tell you one story. I, I played at Lamar Porter, um, and I was a catcher, and we played a doubleheader. My brother, older brother, six years older, was our coach, and I was just worn out our first game. And he said, we'll sit you. You won't have to catch. I said, how about let me play third base in the second game? And he did, and I took a hot shot right off the cheek, came home with a shiner, and I proudly walked in the house and told my dad, I'd been patrolling the dirt that Brooke Robinson patrolled and got that shiner. And my dad, you know the story, don't you, Phil? Without even hardly a blink, he says, Brooks Robinson played shortstop there. You don't have the arm to patrol the dirt Brooks Robinson patrolled. The great players always played shortstop, didn't they? They did. They did. The crazy thing, though, about Brooks, I'm not even sure. Like He didn't have the strongest arm. He, he, he wasn't the fastest. No. Uh, but He's a great basketball player. Razorbacks recruiting for basketball. He could have chosen basketball at Arkansas. Had that, right. had that Drew Brees accuracy, though. He, he was oh, going to put it in the spot, right? Yeah. He didn't make an error. No, I don't know if Boog Powell error. ever needed to work on short hops from third base. 
If he did, it would be the absolute perfect hop. I mean, the perfect hop. Bet Online is your number one source for all your betting needs. Get the latest odds, lines, and matchup reports for baseball, boxing, golf, and more. Bet Online continues to be the fastest and easiest way to place your wagers, including live betting and your favorite casino and card games available to play right from your phone. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and get in on the action. Remember to use our promo code BELIEVE. That's B L E A V for your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online where the game starts. Are you in need of an attorney? Hickey and Hull Law Partners is your firm. Hickey and Hull understand the importance of client communication, meeting with you, responding to emails, and returning calls. Hickey and Hull are attorneys you can trust to guide you through a divorce or a custody case, criminal charges, or even civil lawsuit. Ready to put their seven decades of experience to work for you and get the best results. Every case is important. Hickey and Hull Law Partners strive to give each client the time and attention it deserves. Visit them at KevinHickeyLaw.com. Hickey and Hull Law Partners. Things are about to get better. And now, back to the podcast. I wanted to... Uh, get to some sound from some Arkansas football players that spoke to the media yesterday. Uh, one of the things that was top of mind for me was the issues with getting the plays in from the sideline. That's why you had a couple of timeouts called, and you also had a delay of game called, uh, I think, when you were uh, out of timeouts. Uh, Andrew Armstrong did address that, that this is something they're working on at practice this week. You know, just everybody hustling up, getting on the ball as fast as we can, looking to the sideline and just making sure everybody is focused on looking at the play and not focused on the play you just did. You know, worry about getting the ball to the ref or, or just like doing something that you're not supposed to do. So we put a big emphasis this week on just hurry up, get on the ball, look to the sideline, getting the play and, and executing. Did it look like there was any time being wasted uh, well, it's, against LSU? You know, situationally, you have an idea uh, of what you're going to run, and, and you have a coach that would be over there, it'd be a strength coach, a position coach. That They have jobs. They have roles over there. Some, some, one of them is to keep the, the, the coach back. Uh, one of them is to keep the sideline clear for the referees. One of them is to tell the players who are up. You know who's, who's coming to, hey, 11 personnel be ready. 21 personnel be ready. Be ready for first down. You got another guy that's saying whenever it's third down, he goes up and down the sideline saying, punt, be ready, punt, be ready. You have to be alert at all times because things happen fast out there, man. That's a running clock, and it, it can kind of get ahead of you, and, and it's just something you got to work on. Feels like that uh... – it's a major thing that that, that Arkansas. You know, you, you didn't you didn't, didn't have the problem with that last year because it was an up tempo offense. Uh, it was geared towards being much quicker. This is more of a slower paced offense, but that doesn't necessarily mean that you got to get the play in slowly. You got to be focused. You know, you can't be lollygagging. You can't be looking around, uh, checking out the stands, checking out Olivia Dunn and Paul Skeens over there. You, you can't be checking out stuff, man. Once it's once it's game day, it's a it's a Tiger Woods like focus. That's right, Larry. No lollygagging in and out of the in and <laughs> out of the sidelines. Can't be a dugout. Okay, how in the, did we win can't, eight? Can't be discombobulated. Well, right. Well, and who's the, who is this on? I mean, it's a, if you're talking oh, about the discombobulation, it's, it's on. It's everything that's going on on the sideline. Um, but it, the quarterback's got it. Is it the quarterback's job to make sure everybody's getting lined up? I would think it's on everybody. And just like what, what Armstrong said, uh, quarterback's looking for the play, and then he his guys have to be set. 
the play caller has to get that play down from the press box. That's Dan Enos. Um, you know, it, I guess there's some times that maybe the head coach overrules and you have to, you know, you might. Or there's a discussion, you know, Clay, yeah. a big third down coming up. You're, you're a second you down in, in the red. Yeah, what yeah. do you, you – and so sometimes it takes seven seconds longer to kind of to get the play in. Yeah, and I, I think that uh, when you have crowd noise, you know, sometimes that, you know, that complicates things, but they 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 were out of sync in in some of those situations, and they've got to improve. It's the whole operation has to be cleaner, and you have a lot of new parts, a lot of guys that that you know that that haven't played before in that situation. I'm talking about Tiger Stadium with the the crowd noise, um, and uh, you know it, it's. Uh, Arkansas football has won in the past because they limited mistakes. And you have to get back to that that area. I'm not saying that uh, you're going to be the most talented team where you, you can afford mistakes. I've, you know, I saw some of those great Miami teams. They could overcome 15 penalties. Arkansas is not in that situation. So the, uh, but you, you need to get to the end of the half and have three timeouts. You need to get to the end of the game. And have three timeouts. Yeah. There's no other way to to, to sort at least this out. at least two. Yeah, yeah. It, Some, well, sometimes things I, happen. Things happen. Yeah. And you got to call a timeout to discuss. I mean, I get it, Clay, but there's at least two. I mean, they're not all for the end of the game. Yeah, yeah. Well, if if you if you burn one, then you got to make sure it that works. You don't burn that, a second one. Yeah, and you got to make sure when you when you use a timeout that it's useful. Well, and that's what yeah. happened on that drive early in the third quarter. You burned not one but two timeouts. Only got a field goal out of that drive. Hey, you know we got points. That's that's the one thing I think this team is improving on. Uh, you know, I'm with you. We got to get touchdowns on the road. And and, and like Clay saying, when you're the least talented team, LSU's always going to have more talent. You got to play mistake free football as well. well let's let's focus in on the mistakes here for a moment because there's mistakes that the other team can cause. Right? Uh, sometimes you disguise coverage in a certain way, and it's difficult to figure it out. Uh, sometimes a false start. Look, we might not want to admit it, but that def- defense can move. They can move. Somebody might jump. It happens. That's not necessarily an unforced error. If you can't get the play in with enough time to snap the ball and you burn your timeouts when you shouldn't be burning your timeouts, Major. that's as unforced of an error as you can have. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Um, and, you know, then you, then you look and see what happened against Notre Dame. After a timeout, they called a timeout and only had 10 guys on the field. That, that's, that's a major rookie mistake by that, that staff. Let's take a call from Cody in Bentonville on a McClarty Daniel hotline. Hey, Cody, what's going on? <clears throat> hey, not much. Cody, how you been? It's been a long time. Good, good. Everybody's good. Good, good. Hey, man, I hated to hear that you didn't get an out. But I'm sure that the the uh, scenery and the opportunity you have with a friend or something. Great adventure. Every, yep. Great trip. 12 days on the road. My son-in-law. Great bonding experience. Uh, and we... You know, there's a lot of things that can happen when you're saddling up horses twice a day. And, you know, let's put it this way. We we didn't have any uh, major penalties. <laughs> no, 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 no... Uh, you know, no, no sprained ankles. No holding calls. No <laughs> missed assignments. Calls. Yeah, no rodeos. Yeah, it was all yep. good. Yeah. 
You don't have to call any timeouts. Yeah. You burn your timeouts, and then the, when you needed one, the elk was like, hold on, we don't have a timeout. You can't call one. Yeah, and I had breakfast ready on time. That was my job for the week. I got I got up at 4.15 and got the, the heater going in the tent and got the, got the, you know, we had another tent. It was kind of our kitchen. Got the coffee pot boiling, you know, had the coffee ready when everybody got up and, uh, you know, and got the bacon and eggs going. So I, I did my job, and... We didn't see any elk, and it's, it's a tough winter in Colorado. They lost a lot of elk, and we knew that going in. But just, you know, just a great trip. We listened to a lot of good music on 14-hour drive out, 14-hour drive back. Um, Christopher Bolton, my son-in-law, and Jim Daniel, my our Colorado buddy with the horses, uh, everything fell in place. And I, I, you, you know, when you have a trip like that, there's a lot of planning that goes in, kind of like a football season. And um, you know, you look back and it's like, what could we've done better or different? There's not many things. So we, you know, it, it went. The only thing that didn't happen is an elk didn't just pop into uh, any of our little openings to get a shot. Well, I think the elk just got smart. They're, uh, they they realized that they need to go to the beach. They, they they go to the beach now when it's elk season. They got really they, intelligent. They knew that two absolute killers were were on their their track. That's right. That or they smelled all the seasoning. They yeah, they might have smelled the seasoning. Yeah, they might have <laughs> smelled us. Yeah, that's a big part of the. The elk have massive noses, and they they yeah. their eyesight's not that good. You can wear you know blaze orange out there, and they're not going to see you, but they will smell you. All right, guys, real quick, I just want to thank you for your time, and, and it's good to hear you again, Clay. But, thank um, you. And it, it sounds like you're still keeping some discipline, even in retirement, making sure that you're up at the right time to cook breakfast. But I wanted retired. to touch base with you guys on this. Um, quick question. So, you know, against BYU, a lot, of, a lot of people were speculating that maybe KJ was having a hard time with the new offense. Now, I may be wrong, Matt, and that's why I'm – calling to ask these questions and maybe get some more education on, on the X's and O's. Ben Enos' offense is more of a pro style. So his movement and things like that are, are designed to have the defense show what they're going to do, right? That's what you use motion and shifts for. Yeah, it kind of helps clear it up, the, the pitcher. Okay, so is there a situation or maybe an idea where Danny Enos is like, okay, KJ's not quite there yet, but I think if we get the call in quick enough, I get the defense to show what they're going to do. I can audible the play down back to KJ. Is there a situation where maybe Danny well, Enos is having to make some of those checks? I don't know that they they do it that way. Uh, you you can't you can have a mirrored play when you call a, a pass play. You have a run play that's with it. Most of the time, you always have something you you can get to. I thought Danny Enos called a heck of a game. I, I really did. I did too. Yeah, yeah. Dan, Dan's explained that. Yeah, I'm sorry. Go, you, go ahead. Well, I was just telling Matt, Matt, keep going. I didn't mean to interrupt you. I just didn't want you to think that I didn't think Enos was calling. But I think Dan Enos is great. I always have. I just was thinking that. You could be on to something because your receivers have to be on the same page. You're tied in. Everybody has to be able to get that check, not not just the quarterback. You can't ask the players to do something they can't do. Yeah, they're running RPO, and RPO is post-snap. And that's where Dan said, you know, the pro offenses in the past have always been a lot of pre-snap reads. You know, where are, where are, where is everybody? Well, you can, you can confound that by, you know, disguising your defense and you move post-snap. Well, that's what the RPO is designed to do is 
and Travis Williams explained to me that his training from Gus Malzahn was to make everything post-snap the changes so that you put the play calling in the quarterback's eyes post-snap and take it away from that coordinator who has more experience. And so you, you want to get everything in place and then let that quarterback make those decisions post-snap. That's what that's the way Dan explained it. How what they're they're they have really changed from when he was here the first time. Cody, thanks for the phone call. Got a couple yep, other co- thank callers you, Cody. on hold and we'll go to them here on the McClarty Daniel Hotline. Cabbage Head is up next. Afternoon, Cabbage Head. What's new? Hey, I hadn't talked to you in a while, but I sure like that uh man talking about that hunting trip. I used to go to Colorado <laughs> at one time. Uh just take a time out for football just for a minute or two, but it's beautiful country up there. And, and in being in Saudi Arabia, uh, desert storm and the sand, that reminds me a lot of that Colorado ground because the time of year of that first elk and mule deer season, it's really dry and dusty, and you can kick some of that up, and if you're walking with somebody, it'll go right in their face, you know, but... It's a young man's hunt, there's no doubt, because there's a lot of, you got to get, uh, acclimated to that up there and elevation. be able to breathe. 10,000 yeah, feet where we were, yeah. Yeah, it's just, uh, I know you had a, a, we, we come out of there and didn't get an animal, but boy, it's such a, a great trip up there and fellowship with your friends. I used to go with William Duramus and Shane and, uh, some people down in Mean and Denny Snow. We had a, we had a we had a great time when we went, but it just brought back memories, and I, I appreciate you talking about it. And on the football, I, I sure hope they practiced with those defensive backs to get behind those people instead of playing in front of them when they get down there to goal line. Because if you look at three or four of those passes, it was over our guy and right into the – I know you don't know the routes, but – if you're back there, you got a little bit of a chance of maybe uh, defending that. They they did one time when they made the the interception, but man, so many times, and and I don't know. Surely the coaches worked on that. I hope because it's really a killer when they don't cover those guys and get in between them and the goalposts. But I'll see what y'all think. Thanks, thanks for having. Thanks, Cabbage Yeah, I think you know, Matt. You. You're better at this than me, but you know you've got two or three things you're trying to stop. One of them is the slant, and if you if you give them an inch down the goal line, they're going to throw the slant in front of you, and that's a touchdown. So if you play tight, you know then they run that fade or they they you know run the deep out in the corner. So it, it's you know it's it's a delicate balance of what you're trying to take and then what they're trying to to accomplish. Uh, absolutely, and and if Dominion runs like this for the rest of the year, or just we'll just go game by game. If Dominion runs like this, getting us into third and manageable, and then also in the red zone, it does give you those one on one matchups. You're listening to the Eastside Liquor Halftime Podcast. Check out the Bud Light Morning Rush Podcast at hitthatline.com. This podcast has been presented by Bet Online. This podcast is an exclusive property of Pearson Broadcasting. It may not be copied, reproduced, modified, published, uploaded, reposted, transmitted, or distributed in any way without Pearson Broadcasting's prior written consent.
Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Hi, I'm Cindy Lauper. My scalp was covered with psoriasis. Felt like I was trapped between a rock and a hard place. Then I started Cosentix. Cosentix Secukinumab is prescribed for adults with moderate to severe black psoriasis 300 milligram dose. Don't use if you're allergic to Cosentix. Before starting, get checked for TB. Serious allergic reactions, severe skin reactions that look like eczema, and an increased risk of infections, some fatal, have occurred. Cosentix may lower ability to fight infections, so tell your doctor if you have an infection or symptoms like fevers, sweats, chills, muscle aches, or cough, had a vaccine or plan to, or if IBD symptoms develop or worsen. Learn more at Cosentix.com or 1-844-COSENTIX. Cosentix works for me. Ask your doctor about Cosentix. Some people take the straight path in life. But at Arizona State University, we respect your twists and turns. They make our online students more driven to excel in their professional lives. That's why our personalized suite of services empowers you with innovative resources and staff that sticks with you. Make your next turn with one of our 300-plus programs at ASU, number one in innovation for nine consecutive years. Visit us at asuonline.asu.edu to learn more. Kohler Smart Toilets introduce a new standard of design and cleanliness, sculptural forms, intuitive technology, and total personalization with integrated warm water cleansing, heated seats, and warm air dryers. For peace of mind and convenience, there are touchless lids, seats, flush, and a self-sanitizing bidet wand. Now you can even use voice commands with Numi 2.0, featuring built-in Amazon Alexa. Explore the complete lineup at Kohler.com slash smart toilets and discover what you've been missing. Parents, when you visit California, childhood rules. If you don't remember how awesome childhood is, just ask yourself, What would kids do? Then pack your fun pants and let childhood rule your family vacation. Start planning at visitcalifornia.com.